Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Edit audio. We're going to do great. Cheers. Cheers. Yay. Okay. Hello, everyone. I'm Robin Hopkins, and this is Well Adjusting, where I talk to people about life stuff, but not in an NPR way. It's more like we're at the bar, having cocktails, getting into your business sort of way. It's it's giving drunk NPR. Oh, and producer Steph is here, too. Hello. Today, we chat well, personal growth through a little production called Well Adjusting. By the way, this is... This is our season two retrospective, but this is a cocktail because Mary said she felt like we needed to have more cocktails. It's not because we wanted cocktail stuff. I'm, I'm here for Mary telling us to drink more. All right. <laughs> so as you may have um, guessed, this is the season finale of Well Adjusting season two, which I mean, can you believe it, Steph? No. It was just like a year ago, a little over a year, we were like just starting to develop it. And it doesn't even feel like that long. I feel like it happened so fast. And obviously, I'm sitting here with producer Steph. And we talked about doing sort of a where are they now episode. But I kept thinking about how while Steph and I are always telling folks like what they may want to do for change. But then as soon as we hit stop on the record, we end up being like, geez, do I celebrate <laughs> myself? Do I work on loving up? Am I a positive person? And then we started talking about ways to hold ourselves accountable because I really feel like we're 100% on this journey with our listeners. So let's get into some of the shiznit now, okay? And I can't even believe I just said shiznit Shiznit. Stuff. I know, I should stop saying it. <laughs> just say shit. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, I want to ask you, what episodes hit you the hardest this season in terms of like, whoa, I should be practicing what I preach? I think there are a lot of takeaways from I feel like I'm doing the thing where I'm like, all of my children are great. <laughs> no, um, it doesn't mean we love one episode more than the next. Yeah. It just means we loved them all. But some some are more personal than others. I think, and I don't know if this is because it's the most fresh or because it was in real life, but I think Kate's episode with like body issue stuff, because yeah. honestly, it wasn't even, I mean, the conversation was so blunt and like yeah. vulnerable and yeah. like I don't think we hear those very often but also I think something that was cool for me is like all three of us were sitting around this table relating to each other and being like yeah yeah it's been really same. rough like same yeah totally I also hate myself and like we're all like such different people yeah and even if we just were like looking at our body issues they're all different issues all different bodies all different ways at coming to those issues and yet we all have them and for some reason that made me feel really um 
bad because the world is terrible, <laughs> but also great because it made me feel supported. You know, like yeah. you're like, I'm not alone in feeling crazy. I'm not alone in feeling this bad about myself. Yeah. You know, other people feel this bad and other people that I think are amazing. You know, it just sort of reinforces that like your self-hatred is really just like this demon in your head and not yeah. actually like something that the rest of the world can see. Yeah. That's the episode that comes to me initially as well because of that same reason. Like, I don't know how often women really go in depth talking about weight issues and body image issues. And conversely, it's the one where I was the most like, I need to step up my game in this area. Like mm-hmm. it, during this season, my other podcast, Dear Headspace, uh, got nominated for this big award. <laughs> but I was like, oh shit, I can't go in my my COVID Sunday pants, like my sweatpants. I can't do that. I was like, so I needed to go shopping. And Steph went with me. And I was like, all right. Well, Steph and my daughter went, which was like a Hell really yeah. hilarious combination. <laughs> and it was horrible. It was horrible. Let me say it better. <laughs> Steph was amazing. Sorry. The trip was horrible, but not it didn't have anything to do with you. You were like a masterful doctor handing me things in the most non-confrontational way and being like, okay, you don't like that? Let's try this. Let's try this. And just hand like, I'm going in there with like hundreds of things to try. And we ended up coming up with two really great outfits. Really great. Hot. You looked hot. I'm, I'm not there yet. You but, are hot thank and you, you looked hot. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm just going to say thank you. You're welcome. Uh, my voice is up so high. I'm You're so welcome. But it was like a moment of like, I'm so mean to myself. And to bookend it, I went out again for, for Headspace, Dear Headspace. I went out to LA and had to record like four episodes on camera. And then also, because I didn't end up getting to go to that award show. I know, hilarious. I know. Twist like, in all, the plot. All that, because I, I booked a commercial, and so which was beow, pretty beow, beow, beow. amazing. But so I went out to LA and I'm like, I'm taking my two fucking outfits. I can do this. Yeah. And I had to bring some other outfits. And the first day I was like, oh, all right. I was standing in front of the mirror and I was like, can I pull off a jacket? Like, I mean, it was like that ingrained in me. Like, can I pull off a jacket? It's a fucking jacket. But I made myself do the thing that I think it was your advice to Kate about like stand in front of the mirror and say three nice things about yourself. And I did it and I felt so much more comfortable. I felt better in my body. And everyone was like, look at you. LA's agreeing with you. I'm loving this jacket. Like, 400 people were like, I love this jacket. And I was like, yeah. so then by day two, I was like, you know, feeling myself with my yes. little shoulders. But, it, you know, it was like that conversation with her illuminated something very big for me that I still very much need to continue to work on. Do you think that had you not had that conversation in the same? Because like uh, what's interesting for me about these conversations is like they're always brushed right up against these things yeah. that are happening in my real life or your real life. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I actually don't know if that's happening. I think these things are happening all the time or these themes, but yeah. because we're focused on them in these production meetings and conversations, like yeah. we're pulling them out in ourselves and like threading them along. Well, it's topical. It's, it's what you're up to in the moment. And I think that's what we're getting from like listeners yeah. too as feedback is like, oh my God, this just happened to me this week, blah, 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 blah. And it's like this feeling that we're not alone and these threads are going to pop up at different times in our life, sometimes more than others. Uh, well, and t- to answer your question, I don't think had you not given Kate that advice to to do the three things, it would not have ever occurred to me to do that. I think I might have talked to myself and been like, I could do this. I could do this. But even that, I think I just would have gone. I might have picked up that external feedback from other people when they said I looked good. 
And maybe that would have helped me get there eventually. But like you said, it's brushing up against something I was open to. Like Mm. I'm making a declaration that I want to work on this at this point. Yeah. I also think the like thing that's like, I can do this. I can do this. It's like to an extent accepting defeat, Mm. (laughs) at least for Mm -hmm. me. Like Mm -hmm. I can only say that to myself if I'm like, well, the worst case is this and I'm fine with that. You know, it can be interesting how you're backing into it. Yes. That's bad. Yeah. But I, I always say this with But traveling. it's a protection mechanism that you built for yourself that's worked. Yeah. And it does work, but it works until it doesn't, which is like well, what works we came when, up with. It Kate. works until you no longer have choice. Mm. It's a tool if you have choice. If it's in a box of tools and you can say, oh, right now I'm going to go to worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. But if you're always at worst case scenario, that's not a tool. That's, mm. a, that's a, a habit that probably is keeping you down. Because like, what if... You were like, no, 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 today I'm going to go to a gratitude list or something that's in the more positive toolkit area. Ooh, I like that. All right. So anyone who listens to this podcast knows that you and I are all the time doling out homework for our guests, like we're middle school grade teachers. Yeah. Um, What homework practices I need to ask you are you focusing on right now? Um, Okay. So maybe... Okay, I don't have. No, the- I can't wait to. You're going somewhere. You're going somewhere with this. I can't wait. I don't know if I have like the homework part fully like flushed out in my head, but I do know that one episode this season like poked at you, didn't just it? Just absolutely like cheese grater to my fucking chest bone. In what way? I don't know. For some reason, when I was like reviewing the episodes and listening to it, I mean, we listen to those content a lot. A lot, you know. Yeah. So it's like. To some degree, usually you can just be like, bloop, 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 bloop. For some reason, every time I listened to this episode, I was just like, why is this getting to me so much? It's like something to do with me. It's a tattoo or something where you're like going over the same part with the needle. And like, I'm like, what's going on? And I would bring it up in production meetings and everyone would be like, oh, that's like totally a you thing. I'm like... (laughs) What? I think I know which episode you're talking about. Was it the the, the dating one with Susan? It was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never actively looked for a boyfriend. I won't go out with anybody that approached me. I don't like strangers. My time is very valuable, so I'm not just going to waste it on anybody. If somebody's going to come into my life, they're bringing value. Also, here's another thing. There's a lot. There's a lot of reasons why I am still single. It's fortress around me. It's the fact I didn't want to have kids, so I didn't make relationships a priority or dating a priority. Like, um... I don't need somebody to pay my rent. I don't need somebody to buy my comic books for me. And that's another reason why my standards are really high. So you're, you're coming and guarded. You do have to recognize that none of that sounds wildly open. Right. If, and I'm I mean, sure if we're it's not very it romantic either. So it's like, okay. We're not hearing like, a lot of romance in what you're saying. <laughs> I'm hearing a lot of, I want a business partner. I want someone to join my LLC. I do want a business partner. <laughs> Who sometimes we have sex. Uh-huh. I historically don't have a great rep with dating, haven't put a lot of time and energy towards that in my life. Yeah. And I think a lot of the like things that that episode brought up for me stuck with me because I'm like, oh my God, you know, I have this idea about family and whatever and, you know, creating these like relationships with people in my life that are like supportive and whatever. But I think at the end of the day, I do want a partner that's like an intimate relationship that's like I love how you're hedging your bets and you say it I love it it's like well, I'm like what's this? intimacy you know but yeah with like a romantic partner I'll use the word romantic because I think that's easier to get behind but like I had said that to myself 
two years ago. Oh, I wonder if that's why that was getting to you. And I said it to myself two years ago and I was like, okay, I think I'm like finally in a place where I can do this. Cause like, that is a thing. You do have to feel like an amount of security and like, I mean, I have a job, but like everything is very like self-driven, which you are also in the same boat. And sometimes when that happens, like you can only like fill up two buckets. That's right. The third bucket has to like kind of step to the side. And it's not to say I'm not dating. I just, I haven't cared about it. You had other priorities at that moment. Yes. Which is allowed. But you know, an amount of time ago, almost two years ago, I was like, okay, I think I'm at a place where I'm like stable enough in buckets one, two, and three that bucket four can like come (laughs) through a little, you know? And yet I don't know if I actually made that much of an effort. And I think, honestly, until that episode, I don't even know if I thought about what the effort I was making was. Like, I think I had just said it to myself, but not actually done anything. Yeah. Which is interesting. Well, it's like there's mirrors, right? I find that when somebody gets to me in some way or when I just keep coming back to it, it's usually something about myself. Usually. It did give me something to work on. Like, I was like, oh, my God, fuck. What am I doing? Am I even doing anything? Like, I don't think so. (laughs) And I was, like, looking at my apps and stuff. I have not, like, reached out to anyone. I was just, like, very passively willing things into my life. Like, oh, yeah. Like, I mean, if you hit on me, like, sure, yeah. Yeah. We can go out, you know, whatever. So, and then Which is interesting because you're such a go-getter in every other bucket. I agree that that's interesting. Yeah. (laughs) That episode in combination with a friend of mine's TikTok that I started, like, watching... (laughs) who was just like going out on dates because it's a numbers game. Um, I was like, oh, okay. Like I'm going to make an effort. Like I see this person making an effort. I was reminded by this episode to like look inward and be like, what am I doing to like make that happen? Turns out not much. (laughs) So I did do stuff and I've been like working on it since. So I don't know if the homework, the homework that I did, which I'm going to continue doing now that I'm back from vacation was that three times a week I had to reach out oh, into, to somebody this, on the app. into this bucket. Love it. It didn't have to be on the app. Just something. It could be someone I was texting with. It could be someone, you know, at a bar. It could be me going to an event. It could be whatever I think yeah. is like part of that bucket. And yeah, it's been great. Well, it's funny because that's, that's hitting on in the Courtney episode. She was like, yeah, I don't know if I'm doing any future casting. And first of all, I'd never heard that term. And I was like, that's the best fucking term. I was like, I'm taking that and I'm making that my own. And it's now been part of my scheduling. Mm. Like I'm highlighting things that are not essential to my week's work, but are essential to my career growth over time. And I'm trying to add those into my day to day. And I just thought of that as you were saying that. Oh, cool. Um, but The one that I was going to say that was the biggest one in terms of homework was celebrating myself. I literally had no idea how bad I was at it until season two. Like I realized when I had that realization, and I believe I talked about it in one episode, where that I hit a motherfucking life goal in the Courtney episode. So it is all tied together. But that I hit a life goal, like a a decades-long life goal, didn't notice, didn't celebrate. So it's like I've been actively working on finding ways to celebrate myself and finding ways to be gentler with myself. Like Mm. those were, those were things that I just had not been doing to date. And can I Uh ask you a question? Uh Yeah. So that was like a decade long life goal, right? Mm -hmm. Like, is there something that you're doing to track these goals? Yes, of course. I have uh, the great Robin plan as I've discussed at length and I have one year out and then I'm building out 
two years out, three years out, five years out, because I had like, in conjunction with the artist way, which I mean, how is the artist way not sponsoring us? (laughs) Um, Because I also talk about on Dear Headspace ad nauseum, because it's so prevalent and present in my life right now, because it's it's helping me. So like, even Mary, the person who gives a compliment like this, yeah, that's great. Like even Mary was like, I see a difference in you since you started it. And I was like, thanks, baby. But in connection with that, there was a whole chapter that was about like, and this was so amazing. It was like, where do you want to be in five years? Like what is, and then there was a, a task that you had to write out. If you were there, what would be the perfect day? And I was just like writing and like, I knew exactly what it was. And I was like, oh, I was like, that's different than what I thought. Like I had some shorter term goals. Hmm. I was like, that's bigger, better, more. And fuck yeah. So like I've been trying to like readjust what I'm doing to maybe think about getting to that goal now. (sighs) But it just brought all this to light that I need to celebrate these wins. And and I think, and I ended up writing a sub stack about it, about celebrating wins. And I got such lovely feedback from other people who don't celebrate their own wins too. Like, I just don't think I am alone in this. You're definitely not. Um, first of all, season three homework, something other than a bath. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> well, oh, no, I did come up with one in writing the Substack. A walk. I came up with, well, no, I have the walk. Those are my two go-tos. But what I came to was talking about it with people. Because I have like a whole underneath of like, that's like very braggy, who like, shut up. Nobody wants to hear that you hit your goal. But so I've been forcing myself to, because I, I think that it's like, in talking about it, you're claiming it and you're taking ownership of it. And it allows you that moment to even what we're doing right here, right now is talking about the success of season two. And it's the reflecting of it. And I know when we stop hitting record, I'll be like, God damn, we did good. Yeah. And so I, that, that came to me that like, it's important to talk about it too. Yeah. Okay, so season three, though, still homework is to get more stuff. I could use more. Well, but some of my, and this is not me like making excuses because I do think it comes out this way, but some of it is like, how do you celebrate yourself? Like, I've got a food issue. A major way people celebrate is with food or with drinking. Yeah. And I don't necessarily, as much as I love my cocktails, I don't necessarily think that's a, like the most healthiest way to celebrate. No judgment, but like food's not a healthy way for me to celebrate. And I don't want to spend a billion dollars all the time. So finding inexpensive ways to celebrate yourself, I don't think that's easy. It's not. And the only way that I've come around that issue, because like I have the same thing where I'm like, well, if every time I go out and buy myself something when I do something good, like I'm going to go broke or, yeah. you know, eat too much chocolate and we both have money or trauma. whatever. Yeah. So it's like, you know, <laughs> well, trauma, food trauma, <laughs> alcoholic parents. Yeah. Like these are, you know, it does make a landmine for finding celebrations, which is why The talking one was really, but a celebration could be dancing alone in my room. I almost think it's not actually doing a thing to celebrate once you get the, get the idea that you're celebrating into your head and in as routine. Yesterday, I made the choice to not do anything. That's a celebration. I'm going to watch TV and I'm going to watch TV. I'm going to write in my journal. Those are both things that I enjoy doing Mm -hmm. that I don't allow myself to do that often. And I'm not going to feel guilty about it. I'm going to feel good about it. I have all this shit I have to unpack, laundry, Mm -hmm. I have to do a bunch of other stuff, and I'm going to make the choice to do that. Yeah. And I think, you know, for me, that is a healthy choice. For a lot of other people, that's an unhealthy choice, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think there's, like, an interesting thing about, like, celebrating yourself, but in order to do that, 
you have to know yourself and like know the things that are celebration and what's like actually just like indulging in like the awfulness. You have to listen to your gut instinct and you have to know what's important to you. Like I'm going to be on hiatus for part of the summer and I set all the money aside and I'm going to use the morning to do like future casting work. Thank you, Courtney, for that phrase. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to use that time to do some writing, to do some project work. And then I'm going to like, I got a season pass from Alamo. I can go to a movie every single day for $30 in a month. Hell yeah. I'm going to really try to like, just celebrate myself, enjoy this time and be like, that's a huge celebration to be like, I am at a place in my career where I was able to save the money ahead of time. I can do this. Like, all right, Steph, I got some celebrations. Oh, yeah. I got it. I got it. You know what I also thought was really amazing about this season? Me. It, <laughs> always. Um, is there was It was like a learning season, too. You know, obviously the whole format of the show is like you have a problem, you come, and then we break it down and we kind of get into your business. but. There was two episodes in particular. One was just fairly recent, which was Mary, but also the Myron episode. Mm. And it, what I thought was so fucking cool about it was after a record, me and Steph and our amazing editor, Maria, will just kind of confab about like, oh, maybe this section drops out or maybe we move this or, you know, this was great. And we all were like, and both of them, we were like, this is not our traditional format. This mm-hmm. is we're learning from them. Like, let it be that. Don't put some cheesy monologue at the top, Robin. You know, let's let's not do any of that. Let's just, this is their moment to shine in. And I love those two episodes. I mean, for completely different reasons. Like, I learned so much from Myron. But Mary, I, like, she's a fucking hero. Mm. You know, I, I didn't know her well in college. You know, like, we were sort of in the same circles. But I just, I cannot get over her journey and what she's been through and her fight and her, to have the fucking balls to be like, I am the outlier. Yeah. I'm so impressed by her. Yeah. I think both of those episodes were like very um, emotional in different mm-hmm. ways. Mm-hmm. Myron, I learned a lot from. And I also was like, how beautiful is it to be able to talk to someone on any platform and have them go through this journey of knowing themselves so well and be willing to like share it with everyone else. Yes. One of the things about autism that I'm learning is that, that you can actually go on to burnout for a long time. And it's caused primarily if you, if you live your life allistically or, or masking neurotypical, Mm -hmm. you won't get your needs met. So like, for example, a normal person can deal with lights like these. They may be too bright, but a person can deal with them. Whereas me, I actually need blue, purple, orange, pink light. And if I don't get that, then my energy decreases. And after a while, when I have no energy, then I melt down. Right. And there's a certain thing that happens, frankly, to a black male Mm -hmm. that yells at someone, even a single time, even if the apology is immediate, and even if the voice is never raised before. Because with autism... I can't control my face. Right. I don't know what it does. Yeah, no poker face. I don't know what it's doing 90% of the time. And as I'm talking to you, I can only focus on one point of focus. Right now, I'm focusing on your eyes, Robin. And Steph, you're completely invisible to me. But this is how, like, I don't catch social cues. Yeah. Typically, if I'm focusing on, like, a problem... I don't want I don't want anything else to happen but the problem. 
And so that can look very rigid. Right, because you have the path that you need to be on. Right, yeah. So how has that been processing that? It, it's it's been it's been the discovery part was really, really interesting and difficult because I had no idea that I had never had my peace. Like I was always burning energy for something. And so when you're when I'm right. out of energy, that's when I explode. You know, I found myself relating to certain parts of him. I'm sure other neurodivergent people will like find themselves relating in different ways. And like I feel very fortunate to have had that conversation. And it was also like so funny. And I like want to be Myron's friend. Myron, be my friend. But yeah, I thought that was really great. And I his confidence. I was like, I fucking could use even an ounce of that confidence. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you talk about relating in different ways. Like I maybe couldn't relate to how he has to mask, but that doesn't mean I didn't have moments where I was like, as a person in the LGBTQ community that wasn't like, oh, I see where I might have to change who I am. Mm-hmm. Like the way he said everything, he opened it up for us to see his experience. Yeah. And that was an honor and a privilege. Also production wise, I think we learned something after that mm-hmm. as like a team, we all came to the same conclusion after, and we're all thinking about this in like a very like person centered way which to me was like really beautiful and cool because it's like another time where you're like oh we're all super aligned on this like creatively vision wise editorially all of the things and we want to like honor this person's story and experience and I think I mean not I think I know that a lot of other production places would not have the same approach and would not even be willing to have that conversation. Yeah, That was really cool for me just as like a business owner and a person in production. No, because there's some people, there's some production companies, even if you take it out of the creative, like we were not so hell bent on our format that we were going to put Myron in a place where we were bending him into our format. Yeah, Like it became very clear in five minutes that I was not there to be asking him questions that were about how I can help. I was there to ask questions about how can can you illuminate your experience for me and for people listening. And we all got there very quickly. And like you said, like there are many people who would have been like, format should lead. And it's yeah. like, no, I'm really proud that we are always like, it's the care of the person's story because I think we're aware that people are letting us into, like if I go back to Kate, it's a really fucking, and Mary, and Amy with her brother's suicide and Susan, like they're all opening the door for very personal things and letting us poke. Like that's a big thing. And so you have to, or, or that's our mission. We believe that it's important to honor that. And what also was cool was like, which I'm just going to give you like some little kudos here, but I know I did it right after the recording, but I'm going to remind you. I I mean, we're always like me and my team (laughs) slacking on the side, right? So if I'm not in the room with Robin, like we're chatting on the side being like, ha ha, that was hilarious. Or like, ooh, pick up here, notes here, whatever. Yeah. And that whole episode over and over and over again, it was like, oh my God, Robin, such an amazing host. Like you have so many like talents and just being on first of all asking good questions but also like really listening to people and like caring and like there were so many times when Myron would be like oh my god I just got goosebumps I know, I'm, I'm like so uncomfortable but um, <laughs> I guess I can feel your uncomfortableness <laughs> I um like there were so many times where you'd ask a question and he'd you know start talking about something else and whatever and you'd be like oh okay and like listen 
I know you. I know the producer in you. <laughs> I know that you were fighting yourself that whole time. And yet you like led with the part of yourself that was the listening, empathetic, kind-hearted person. Look at my well, arms. I, Look at my I, arms. I see, I see it. Well, thank you. Thank you. If we go to Amy's episode, I've known Amy for decades, right? Like we work together, we're friends. And she told almost no one about her brother's suicide. Mm. Almost no one. And for her to be that open, for her to to share that story, and then to get, I got a post from like technically a cousin, but I didn't know her, but mm-hmm. I only know her through Facebook. And she wrote me this incredibly touching direct message the day it published, which I had no idea she was even listening. Like wow. I said, I don't know her saying that her son had committed suicide. Um, oh my god! Almost, and she was coming up on the ten year anniversary. No, I have goosebumps. Wow. And and how helpful it was for her to hear that. Aww. And I got several emails about that, about what Amy's story meant to people. That's the stuff that I'm so incredibly proud of. That episode was like, I know for her, like she said to us directly in it, that it was like healing for her to be able yeah. to talk about that yeah. and that she reached out to us to talk about it. That's wild. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, I'm like, why do you want to talk to us? Yeah. <laughs> us two idiots. <laughs> I mean, we're cool, but not that cool. I also was going to bring up that, like, you cried in that episode. I did. And I think that's the only time you've cried. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, I feel like I tear up all the time. Sometimes it's like I just get so proud of people. And I always say, and I always think it's a weird thing for me to say, like, I hope this doesn't sound condescending, because it's like, I never want it to sound like I'm over here and I'm healed, because fucking obviously I am not. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, it's just that I can see the work. I know the journey the person went on. Probably fucking start crying now. It's just (laughs) like, and I get so proud of these people. And I'm so touched that they've shared it. And I'm so like, good for you. Like, that's just incredible. You know, like hearing the work that Mary did for her kids, that she was like, I need to fight to be here for my kids. And that's beautiful. And those two fucking kids are amazing. Like like production BTS, we had, and I think this person might still be mad at me. We had another person set for the expert of the day. And I was like, I was like, I'm sorry, but because we were just going to get some, like a little bit of like a button tag on from her kids. I'm like, here's her kids seeing how they are. And when I got the audio, I immediately emailed the entire team. And I was like, guys, I was like, this is the expert of the day. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is beautiful. It, it's just, it's like, I'm not saying this to toot our own horns. I just feel like there's like something bigger that's happening that's lovely. Yeah. Remember for parents to not let your family drift apart because it's really easy because you're all going through something so deep. Yeah, a big thing for us that have helped with that is during the scan week, like the week before our mom gets her cat scans, that's the week when we're all kind of going through a lot of emotions at once. And it's hard to remember that you're not going through it alone and that everyone in the house is going through it. And it's also really easy to take it out on each other. So I think one thing that's helped us um, with that is having more family time like that week and really trying to focus on spending time together rather than the result of the scan. Yeah, and just like understanding what your kid is going through too. Because I remember when I was really young, 
going to like my friends' houses and like seeing just that their moms have long hair and they weren't like tired or sleepy all the time. It was kind of confusing for me to think like, why can't my mom be like that? Yeah, it definitely took us both a while to understand and like actually fully realize what the situation was just because when you're so young and that's all you know, you don't really realize how different your experiences and your childhood is because of that, especially compared to like your peers or your friends. Hot seat question. What one episode just stuck with you? Um, I'm going to go first. I'm going to go first. Because like, like Steph just made big eyes. Because it is like choosing a favorite kid. Mm-hmm. It is very difficult. But I mean, Jennifer and her dad, Arnold. Ah. That stayed with me because it's not often that you meet someone his age who was so open. Like he was like, yes, ending the whole conversation. And the moment when he was talking about, he was like, so like right now I've got eight singles in my pocket and I know I'm thinking to myself, I'll take six and I'll spend them at bowling tomorrow. And then I'll get, I'll have two more and I could use that for a tip for the car. I was like, holy crap. And the two of them, their dynamic was so lovely Mm -hmm. and Jennifer's hilarious. It was just, I loved that episode. I also loved that episode. I love Arnold just as a human. Also, I think it was really cool to be like, you know, sometimes there's homework because you want to change and other times like the homework is that like you need to accept where I am, which is like also an important lesson. And then production wise. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) That was really something else. You should get like next level props for how you handled the production. Speaking about like you have not- to tell tell people like what it was that like happened. So Robin and I took a car. First of all, this is my first day it was in our sneakers, first road trip. and it was my first day in shoes. So oh, I had right. broken my ankle really badly, gotten surgery. I had not worn two shoes out of the house before that day. So first day out of the sh- out of the house <laughs> with two shoes on. So stoked! Robin picks me up. We get in this. I thought car. you were going to say so stoned. I was like, were you? I wish. Um. <laughs> We go into Jennifer's house. Her dad is like calling in from elsewhere. And, you know, we set up the local recording in her house. And then we go to talk to her dad. (laughs) And, you know, we expect like hiccups, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially like with people that are older. Yeah. Go to top on the top right. There should be something that says settings. Okay. So maybe we're just going to exit this window. Okay, so um, if you go over the link and just highlight it all with the mouse, so click down with your mouse and then highlight the blue. Yeah. Studio isn't live yet. Okay. Interesting. Okay, and then go to your start button. And then go back to the the, the ball, Chrome thing. The yeah, yeah. Click that one. And then go up to the clear. Yep. And click uh, right-click. Again, and then paste, and then click enter. Oh, oh. I've got an Arnold. <gasps> Yay! Well, let's not get too excited until we know this is it. I think I spent, I don't know, I want to say like almost an hour. It was pretty darn close. It was long. It took a long time to understand what it was that was happening. Yes, there's and, a lot of translating also. And you just remained, she, Steph remained... 
cool. Like I would have been sweating and I would have been like, I don't know. So people got to reschedule. I don't know. What. And you were just like, we'll get it. No problem. And like then Jennifer and I were just rambling on while you were just like, no, no Twitch, Poor Arnold. Nothing. Poor Arnold. I was like, okay. And on your computer. Okay. And on your phone. And I'm just going to actually FaceTime you from Jennifer's phone and like talk to you through that. So it was like a lot of that, a lot of translating, a lot of listening and trying to understand and, and also like troubleshooting at the same time while these like two hilarious people are like having a full stand up <laughs> comedy set in front of me. <laughs> And we got into the interview. I'm, like, making sure everything's working. I listened to the interview. I also, like, couldn't hear the first 10 minutes of the interview because I was so panicked about not getting the, like, tech right. Like, I was like, surely in this hour something must have gone wrong. But it didn't. It worked out. Everything was recorded. And then after, I think Maria on my team was like, Steph, you are, like, a godsend. I could have never done that. Like, thank you so much or something. And I was like, yeah, no worries. And then you said it. And I was like, oh, my God, I should, again, another I moment. I should celebrate myself. Or I should just, like, acknowledge that that's a skill. Oh, my God, yes, it is. Like, first of all, again, just to bring it back to, like, which I always will do, gender roles of this job, I think it actually might be a benefit to be not a cis man in mm, this field because, yeah. like, I can do the troubleshooting just as well as anyone else, understand sure. the tech just as well as anyone else. But I think a skill of mine from like having to be in a patriarchal world for my entire life is being like pretty cool, calm and collected when I need to be and being like, okay, interesting. And like moving on from that. But what you left out was that then after when Maria got to the edit, because Arnold had ultimately had to download the Riverside app on his phone. And apparently he had shut it down and deleted it before his file uploaded. Yeah. And like, I do not have your skill. My eye was twitching. I was like, um, do we have it? Are we going to need to do that again? Um, do we have it? And it was like, and they were all, everybody was like, we're going to make it work. And then somehow you all got the file, recovered it from a backup. Yeah, from there Riverside. was a backup. It was, it was something. That was our most technically challenging. Yeah. I do think that's a thing I can celebrate this year. I have a I will figure it out attitude. Always. You always do. Scrappy. I love it. We scrappy love do. a scrappy bitch. Oh, my God, Robin. What? You know what else happened this season? Sorry, just to like jump in. Please. We literally yesterday, the day before. Today. We got a message from Taylor. Yes. Who, Which is also one of, I love that episode. I'm obsessed with Taylor. Also Taylor added me on Instagram. So I feel like we are friends. Uh. No big deal. And Taylor was like, oh, life update. Like, I think the message was literally life update yeah, from Taylor yeah. or something. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, so excited. And Taylor has big announcements, yeah. big moves. Yeah. So she said this whole thing where she was like, I'm I'm actually not moving to LA. She said, you know what? I just wanted you guys to know it because she said, I realized as I was talking about it that even I wasn't convincing myself that this was the thing I wanted to do. And what was so interesting about the email is it almost felt like she felt bad, like she had made this like declaration she was doing it. And I was, I was kind of, you know, devil's advocating and saying, well, if you're going to do it, what are you waiting on? But before I get into saying where we went with the conversation, she is moving to Charlotte and she has the whole thing happening and it's all going and it's happening quickly. But 
we had this whole little back and forth in conversation. What I thought was so fucking interesting was I was like, first of all, you, why would you apologize for like, like this is growth to say you wanted something. And then in the face of this doesn't feel right to make a change in spite of maybe having told people in spite of having said to yourself, you were going to do it, but to trust your gut instinct Mm -hmm. and to say, this feels more right for myself. I was like, I'm more, if you had emailed me and just said, I I have my move date, I would have been like, right on. But I'm so much more proud because I know how hard it is to backtrack on something that you were testing out and saying. And she didn't just test it out and say it. She tested out and said it on a podcast. Yeah. But to me, I'm like, how fucking cool are you that you know yourself enough? And also, what was- She's got her shit together. I'm, yeah, obsessed. Oh my God. She's she's going to be our boss. She's going to be our boss. Like 10 years. 10 years. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. (laughs) I'm already working for my former intern. I've just given that. I've given that up. It's fine. (laughs) But I think it's so cool to be able to like know yourself like that and like listen to yourself like that. And what I think was really cool for me is the thing that stuck out just to bring it back to me. Um, (laughs) The thing that I remember from that conversation was like, I had said something to her, which I, do we need to make more work? We do need to make more drinks, but we can finish this thought. I had said something to her that I think I, not I think, I know is something that I remind myself of because I get really anxious with like, am I doing enough? Am I not doing enough? Should I be like doing this and this and this? Should I be moving here and here and here and like whatever? And I'm doing all the things. And I do think I literally scheduled time in my calendar to like listen to myself and whatever and like put my feet in the grass and all of that mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, when I'm feeling like really overrun, I always try to remind myself like, okay, you are the constant in your life. Like every decision is a decision that you make. There's no good and bad decisions. There's only like what you make of them, you know? Yeah. yeah. And you're the only constant in your life. And so just like feeling grounded in that is all that can like move you forward And what was so cool for me is I was like, of all of the things that I said in that conversation, like that really was something that I was like really saying to myself in addition to her. And it was so much easier for me to say it to her than it was for me to say it to myself. Isn't that interesting? So interesting. (laughs) But also I'm like, you know, this stays true. Like LA is just a city. You and know, LA I've doesn't go in, anywhere, probably. No, I mean, it, it might, might go under the ocean, but we don't know. We don't know. <laughs> but like, I mean, I've moved like a million cities. So I will many times. probably move cities again. Like who freaking knows? No one knows. Like yeah. decisions, like I didn't even decide to move to New York. I just sort of like ended up moving to, I mean, I obviously made a decision at some point, but you yeah. know what I mean? It wasn't like a planned out thing. Like places come and go, people come and go, experiences come and go, like question marks come and go, but like you are the only thing that's going to like remain as a constant. And like, to me, that was so like the thing that I said in the interview that I was reminding myself of came back in that email. And I was like, Oh my God, like this again is coming out for me. Like LA doesn't matter. Charlotte, it could be anywhere. Like you are the person and you moving forward and listening to yourself is the thing that's going to, you're going to remember and resonate with. So like, I'm so fucking over the moon stoked for Taylor. I'm and like, we didn't even do a call out for like last season when we did a wrap up, we did a call out oh, and asked yeah. people like, where are they now? We didn't. And she just shared it. And I was like, oh my God, well, we're about to record. So are you cool if we? And I think it goes back to this idea that like, just because we have a conversation where I say, have you thought about this? Have you thought about journaling? Have you thought about this or visioning? It doesn't mean you have to do any of it. It doesn't mean I'm right. It doesn't mean anything other than 
no bad can come from opening up and having somebody go, well, have you thought about this and look at this and look at that? Because ultimately you decide and that's what you're saying, but you have to be up to saying yes to I'm willing or I'm open to looking for the growth. Yeah. I mean, that to me is like a season's growth. Like we didn't reach out for people to give us feedback. Like And we got feedback before we needed it. Hell yeah. And that goes to our community and that goes back to how honored we are for the questions. And I do want to say, while we'll be stopping down, celebrating ourselves, patting ourselves on the back, Mm -hmm. we're going to be going into season three. (laughs) And I think one of the things, one of the learnings was you know, initially before a podcast is out there, it's like you're chasing down people to Mm -hmm. nobody. You don't have a thing that you can say, do you want to be on this? Mm -hmm. You're just kind of like, we're doing the show. It's about this, about this. Do you have a problem? But like, I think the stories are best when someone comes to us with it because then they're coming from their heart and a place. So I would love it. Anyone who's listening, if you you have a question that you would love to pick apart with us and you'd love just, I think sometimes it's just having another person who doesn't know you, who's just going to go, well, I don't know. Have you thought about this? Or you've said that seven times. What's going on with that? Like there's something and you're not paying us. We're not, it's not therapists, but (laughs) but it's like, there's something about that. So we really would love to hear from you. What's the email address if people want to be on season three and they want to reach out? Cause we're going to be going into production before you like very soon for season three. So the email is hello at editaud.io. So that's hello at editaud.io. Or you can message us on any social media platform. Like the DMs. But you know, it is true that like there's an openness that comes when people reach out to us first, for sure, which I love. For sure. So if you are someone who has a question, honestly, you might not even know what the like fully formed question is, but if you are someone that like wants to talk to us beyond just like, hey, how's it going? Yeah. Hit us up. Yeah. We'll get on a production call and we'll just kind of ask questions. Yeah. Give us a call. Give us an email. Give us a shout out. Give us a ding, um, ding, ding. I mean, this has been a fucking fantastic conversation, but I do have one more thought before we close up the season. And and that's around everything that we've been talking about. Like go out in the world and share your wisdom. Don't feel like you're not qualified. Share your growth because it really might help someone see something about themselves And you can always be growing, even when it's tired. You can always be learning. You can always be taking in info, even from more junior members on your team or younger people in your life. It's Mm -hmm. there's, we can all always be growing and learning from each other. Yeah. There's lots of learning to be done. I don't think any people are like whole people. I think we're constantly growing. And I think that the ability to share your experiences or share whatever you're going through also comes with the other ability, which is like listening to people. Mm -hmm. So that would be my closing thought is as much as it's valuable to like hear everything that everyone's said, it's so valuable to just like listen and also like internalize those things and like, you know, take time to think about them. I don't know if I take enough time to like think about all of the stuff going on in my life. So And with that, that is that's gonna take us as a wrap for season two, folks. And we're gonna that's a wrap. we're gonna take a little summer hiatus. And then we will be back when you are fully in your back to school fields, even though you are no longer in uh, back to school. And I do have to say this little housekeeping. If you haven't followed or subscribed the podcast on your favorite platform, now is the time. That way they'll alert you to the exact date of our return. 
And I also need to say a humongous thanks to producer Steph. That's me. Who is <laughs> so much more than a producer. She's an owner, a CEO, and a badass bitch. And she is also my friend. Yay. And I am forever thankful that you took a chance on this pod. And a humongous thanks to the entire edit audio team for putting up with me in meetings because I'm a lot and making the show, especially Maria who edits like, I mean, she edits like she is working for an Oscar. I mean, she's so, she's so good. Maybe she will get one. I mean, it could happen. Kathleen who literally does all the things, everything. Kathleen does all the all things. things. <laughs> Melissa for press and comms and marketing yes. and beyond. And Meg, who really stepped up the season and has jumped in on all of our socials. She's the socials with the mostest. It doesn't make sense, but I said it. <laughs> and also thank you to all of our experts of the day this season. We yeah. had a lot of different people and some really cool people who, who jumped in and gave some advice. And that's a wrap. Yeah. Thank you to everyone that talked to us. Thank you to everyone who's about to talk to us. Please talk to us. Thank you to these empty margaritas for round two. Cheers. For more Robin, and you may need that. You probably don't need it. But like if you do, you can follow me at Real Rob Hops on all the platforms, all the socials, as the kids today say. Well Adjusting is an edit audio original, exec produced by Steph Colburn and Robin Hopkins. Thank you to Maria Passingham, Kathleen Speckert, and the whole edit audio team. Okay. All right, we did it. (sighs) Hey, y'all. I have a question for you. Have you been listening to Well Adjusting and secretly or maybe not so secretly thinking, geez, I have a problem. And I bet Robin and producer Steph might actually be able to help me make some headway. Now, if that's the case, I have to tell you, this is your sign from the universe to reach out to us about being on Well Adjusting. I'm telling you, it is a sign. Get in touch. It's so simple. Just email us at hello at editodd.io, or you can hit me up on the socials. I'm at at RealRobHops on all the platforms. And I have to tell you, we would love to hear from you. We'd love to have you on the show. What is it that you are waiting for? Hit us up. Let's solve the world's problems. No, okay, that, that bar is way too high. Let's, let's just have some laughs and, and get into it. We're going to all feel better for doing so, I swear. Thank <laughs> you.